Chiefs fans, this is the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. The Chiefs have won! The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57! If you want Chiefs, follow the leader. Sports Radio 810 WHB. Well into the fourth quarter, I wasn't completely sure what we'd be talking about today. In a game where ultimately it always felt to me like the Chiefs were going to find a way to get it done, I wasn't really sure who we'd be extending the credit to, or even perhaps where we'd be focusing our ire if things would have gone the other way today, if at any point this game that so often seemed to be balancing on a knife's edge, if it would have fallen the Jaguars' way How would we have reacted? Well, we'll try to sift through it all today here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. I am Joshua Briscoe. Dylan Michaels on the other side of the glass uh, producing the effort. Covell Hudson also uh, on the production ones and twos here. Chiefs win in the exact type of barn burner we all expected. 17 to 9. I think in all my predictions this week, I had both teams each scoring more than 26 points. But sometimes, sometimes this is a silly sport where silly things happen. I'm going to start with the biggest, most important positive of the day, though. Nine points to the Jacksonville Jaguars is a bleeping accomplishment in the best of circumstances. The Chiefs' offense did not give their defense the best of circumstances today. The Chiefs' special teams for the second week in a row did not give their defense the best of circumstances. I I said before the season, and, and actually let me walk back even farther, okay? I said before, right at the beginning of training camp, before we knew what the timeline was going to be for Charles Aminahue's, uh suspension, and certainly before we knew what Chris Jones' holdout was going to entail, before all of that, I said, hey, my like fun hot take of the preseason is that we're going to be talking about the Chiefs having a top 10 defense by the end of the season. That it might take a little bit of time for the pieces to gel, but I really, you know, I, I think we're going to see that from this unit that has a defensive backfield that's no longer basically all rookies in Justin Reed. Legereus need to, of course, but it, it's all corners on rookie contracts, literally all of them. And then your two most important safeties, being one free agent and one guy in a rookie contract, year two, Brian Cook, who did return after his injury today, so it looks like he'll be okay. Great news there. But you have a defensive line with the addition of George Karloftis in year two and Felix Nudika Uzama as a rookie. Situational pass rusher at first. Maybe he's a full-time guy by the end. Mike Dana takes a step every year. Chris Jones, Charles Aminahu. Maybe the, one of the best linebacking groups in football depending on, you know, kind of how you're you're judging that. But what we saw today and really also what we saw against the Lions. This being a top 10 defense without Charles Minahu doesn't sound crazy. It was the Colts in week one who are a flawed team. You know, they're whatever, a team in the middle of a rebuild that I I think is 
very firmly pointed in the right direction. I, I haven't seen what happened with Anthony Richardson going into concussion protocol and getting ruled out. I don't know how serious that was. Just very hard to pay attention to multiple games at once when, when we're doing, you know, chief stuff in here. They beat the, the Texans today, though. And, I th- and beat them, we're beating them pretty handily, especially before Richardson went out, if I saw correctly. But they seem like a team pointing in the right direction. And the version of the Jags offense that we saw against the Colts in week one was special at times, at least. The Trevor Lawrence-Calvin Ridley connection was real. Travis Etienne having a, a little bit of a, a, a coming out moment, that, that was real. Hey, Zay Jones and Christian Kirk being great secondary, tertiary weapons. Ingram as well. This is a really talented Jags offense. And they, you know what, actually, let's do something special. Let's, we're going to play the highlights of every single Jags touchdown today. Dylan, go ahead and hit it. Now let's play them again. Nine points to what I genuinely believe that by, at the end of the year will be one of the best offenses in football. A young up-and-coming quarterback in Trevor Lawrence who is currently... I don't even know where the battle would be specifically against Joe Burrow at the moment, who's obviously, he missed all training camp with the calf injury, and it's been really rough sledding through two weeks for Cincy. But like, I, I really do believe in what the Jags have. And the Chiefs defense today, with some goal line red zone stands, and, and getting put in a bad position after the fumble by Richie James... The Chiefs' defense today looked as legitimate as you could ask it to ever look. And there was some creativity. We, we talked about that a ton this week. How much of their unique looks against the Lions are what they want to do now full-time and how much of it was working without Chris Jones. I don't have a snap count yet for how many reps Chris Jones actually got. But he was out there, and when he was there, I tended to notice. He looked like a game wrecker in his first game back. Nice to see that he's in good shape and... Very much ready to go. But what the defense looked like today was the defense that I was envisioning before training camp really got going, or or in the very early days of it. A defense with a lot of really good players and one superstar. And, And I think that is not only just still on the table, I think that's gotta be about the expectation. The, the next couple of weeks might be kind of vanilla because the Chiefs play teams who aren't as good as the Jags or, or aren't as good as the Lions. Bears, Jets, Vikings, Broncos, Chargers, who are 0-2 now also. And then the Broncos again. They get to Miami and Germany. We, we might not see Spags' favorite thing until Miami and Germany. Just the rest, rest of this will go. They're playing teams with good weapons. The Vikings' offense is still good. The, the Jets still have weapons. It's just their quarterback is, you know, a, a weapon that should have been recalled. There will be tests, and they will give up a frustrating touchdown to some Chicago Bear, probably. But an absolute headline-making performance from a unit that probably will not actually get the headlines as much as they should. I think I said last week on The Zone, I think one of the factor fiction questions was that the Chiefs' defense would, quote, win them a game this year. 
I'm not sure if this counts, and I certainly wasn't predicting it just to be in week two. Because the Chiefs offense, it broke through on a couple of occasions where you could say that looked like the Chiefs offense again. They, they did have some success handing the ball to Isaiah Pacheco and just letting him look like a dude who was playing for blood. He is a blast to watch, man. One of the most fun runners in football. But the, the, the Travis Kelsey getting back into the mix, there's still a lot of questions about the pass catchers, the young receivers, the chemistry between them and Mahomes. It's not all sunshine and rainbows from this game, certainly. We'll take your calls in a little bit as well and continue to kind of sift through all that. We'll hear from Mahomes and Andy Reid later, see who else the Chiefs bring up to the podium. But I just think it would be doing everyone a disservice and doing the, the defense a disservice to not start there. Because you could have given me a lot of guesses about how this game was going to go. And I would have gone really far down the list before I would have said, and I bet the Jags don't see the end zone. That really is incredible. So we'll keep an eye on all of that as the uh, the world turns. Dylan, uh, everybody everybody, good on that side of the glass? Let's take a couple of calls, then we'll dance around a little bit and uh, see where things end up. Again, it's the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. Joshua Briscoe, Dylan Michaels, Covell Hudson here with you. Gary up first. Gary leads off. Gary, how you feeling? Uh, head scratching. Let's just, let's just leave it at that. I'm just, I'm just scratching my head after this game. And I think, uh, let's just say their word for this week should be clean up. Yeah. Clean up is a, is a great thing. They, is what they need to work on this week. Particularly Mr. Andy Hack. I think he's got some issues. And, uh, if you look at three of the signings this offseason through two weeks, F minus. Richie James, you can find guys that can do what he can do. He doesn't do anything special. There's no wiggle to him. He's not like Dante. I don't understand the fascination with the guy. Yeah, he might make a play here and a play there, but he's not somebody that's going to make a difference. Jawan Taylor, all you can say about him, you, you just scratch your head because he killed a potential touchdown drive all on his own. And I think the tackles need to start wearing mittens because they 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 can't block anybody. On the one play where uh, Mahomes tried to – flipped the ball back when he was getting sacked. That was on Donovan Smith. He stood there the whole time watching it happen. If he's going to do that, we'll buy him a ticket. But the tackles are going to be a problem going forward. And I know it's only two weeks, but all you can say is it's going to be on those two guys the rest of the way because I think they're going to hinder the offense a lot, and you're going to have to overcome those two tackles week after week. And who would have thought we would say that? And looking back on it, Andrew Wiley at three years, $24 million is looking pretty good right now over what we're getting for two weeks. And I don't think it's going to be any better, but you're paying triple what you would have been paying him. So it's the three free agent signings, three of his those signings this offseason, they look horrible already. And there's, there's no help coming on the horizon to improve those positions. So Andy Heck's going to have to step up and give those guys mittens or you're going to have to break their fingers or something because the holding is going to get ridiculous as we go on. And Jawan Taylor didn't learn how to line up apparently this week, knowing he had a target on his back. Mm-hmm. But 
their work for the week should be cleanup. And also, I know you've touched on it, a defensive game ball should go to the sideline because that was a big help today <laughs> looking at this. But I do like what I'm seeing defensively. Chris Jones, guy didn't have a training camp. He looked like he didn't miss a beat. And yeah. George Karloftis had a good game defensively. I thought he played a good game. And I think the game plan did a pretty good job of taking Calvin really out because he was relatively quiet today. I'll hang up on this. It's a great show, Josh. Appreciate it, Gary. Good points there across the board, I think, because uh, we'll, we will talk more about the tackles. I want to talk more about Juwan Taylor a little more in depth today also because that's obviously a huge story out of this, um, getting benched uh, apparently for the the a couple of plays to end a drive comes back after that again I, I just want to unpack that in full and take a few more calls before we get there we will spend some time on the tackles uh good shouts for for Karloftis in addition to Chris Jones and hey I, I'm gonna go ahead and, and take the little sort of tongue-in-cheek note of uh, the the Chiefs 12th defender having a huge game today being that boundary line that's also I think part of it where uh, Calvin Ridley taken out of this game because he had was it did he have two near touchdowns that would have been his uh, because of the back line, or was it just the, I guess the sideline one was the penalty on Snead? Um, point being, though, accurately, the Chiefs used the boundary to their advantage, something that it drives me crazy when teams don't do that, and, and game ball to the sidelines, and I'm going to say to the coaching point to get Calvin Ridley out of that game, because uh, you're right, Gary, he was he was quiet. In, in terms of what I was expecting, at least. I don't know what his final stat line ended up even being. I mention this all the time, that I don't I don't really follow the box score as the game goes along. Just a lot of moving parts. So sometimes I go, oh, wow, like, you know, Isaiah Pacheco at 12 for 70. But that, you know, that kind of makes sense because he actually was able to get a chunk play on the ground, which was really exciting. It was good to see that. I, I like, uh, like a little explosive, angry run. Um, Calvin Ridley ended with 2 for 32. I mean, that is a hell of a game for this secondary that's mostly made up of second-year players. You also got, like, that absolute stick from uh, Jalen Watson, who didn't play a defensive snap last week. Today you get a couple of highlights from pretty much everybody. Uh, overall, just some some really great work there defensively. I, I will absolutely uh, put a pin in the offensive tackle conversation. We, we will have that one as we go here as well. But next up is Butch. Butch, you're on 810. How you feeling, man? Gentlemen. Well, it feels good to say this. How about those Chiefs? How about them, Butch? Thank goodness. I was afraid I wasn't going to get to hear it from you. Man, feels good to get into the W column. Look, man, as fans, you know what we do at times, even in a win, or at least personally, I go through the seven stages of grief right there <laughs> looking at games like that. But I I can't. You know, they don't ask you how you won at the end of this shit. It's just it's the end of this, what, uh, these, these games. They just, you know, they, they, they ask you, did you win? And they did win. So that, that shouldn't be... That shouldn't be overlooked here. Yep. So uh, a few things, and, and then I'll get out of here. Uh, look, holding on offensive line is not a function of your hands. It's a function of your feet. So when your feet aren't moving, like what happened in, in the cases, again, where uh, Donovan Smith gets beat uh, on his inside shoulder, again, for another hold, another critical holding penalty, and Jawan Taylor as well, that's a function of them being able to see what the protection is going to be, have the right call, okay, who's going to be in my zone if it's a zone block, or if I'm manning up, how do I get it from my inside shoulder out? And then your feet have to go where your mind tells you to go. So when that's off, you're going to have holding penalties against these freaks of nature that exist on these defensive lines in the NFL. You saw a couple of them against the Jacksonville Jaguars and Javon Walker and Josh Allen. That was never going to be a secret. 
Do they have time to clean that up? Yes. Do I think they will? Yes. You, you, you have to go through the games. You're not gonna, you get it in practice, but you have to go through these game reps so that you understand what needs to change pre-snap and post-snap to make your play better. So there's that. That's, that's my spill on the offensive tackle. Second part, like you mentioned, on defense, guys, I, this, this, this word gets thrown around a lot, elite. And right now this pass defense has been close to that. Hmm. They're in passing lanes. They did what the Colts were not able to do, which was challenge those wide receivers at the line of scrimmage with their size. Guys like Joshua Williams, Legereus Need, they got beat a couple times. But after that defensive pass interference, which I still think was a bad call on, uh, on Justin Reed in the second half, they could have very easily given up a touchdown. They stacked it up, right? Second, third level, they stacked it up against a team that's going to go out there and they're on offense. They're going to rip a couple of defenses in the NFL. You held them down like that. Look, savor the flavor on this. These aren't easy to come by. And it's not, it was a physical win. They got in, each, they got in people's faces. And next week, when they come back and they do it again, when the defense is even better and the offense plays even better, then we'll start seeing what this team could be. We can see towards the horizon of how good they're going to be. And shout out to the Bengals for going on, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Butch. Appreciate it. Uh, also, I think fair to say, in terms of, again, these games not being easy, this one mattered, too. That was sort of the underrated storyline uh, for my money in this game, was that if the Jags won, they were going to be there in one seed contention in the AFC, uh, along potentially the Dolphins and some of the other teams that started off 1-0. and They were going to have a real leg up if they got this game over the Chiefs, and they would have been starting 0-2 which I, I think the Chiefs would have won the division still if they would have gone 0-2 to start the year. But this is a game that in a lot of ways you you got to escape with a victory, and, and the Chiefs did it and in large part with some good performances from, from places they were expecting good performances. Take uh, at least one more call here, sneak one in, and then we'll uh, probably take a timeout. We'll eventually hear from everybody at the podium live from Jacksonville. But next up, we'll go to Clay on Sports Radio 810. Clay, how you feeling? Feeling really good. Uh, calling in from Bethesda, Maryland. Moved out here a few years ago, and it's hard to find Chiefs fans every once in a while. <laughs> but I want to give a shout out to uh, Chiefs Kingdom. We showed out uh, fan wise and attendance in Jacksonville. Very much so. It looked like a, a college neutral site game. Oh yeah, it was it was crazy. I couldn't believe it. Uh, also, want to give a shout out to my son. It's his first Chiefs win. He's four months old, so. Nice. What did he think about the? Uh, what do you think about the false starting? Dude, he was moaning and groaning like <laughs> he wouldn't believe. Like we all felt the same way. It was yeah. it was tough to watch. Um, thirdly, Chris Jones, great game today. But dude, you need to get the same agents that Jawan Taylor had. <laughs> and uh, lastly, before I go, uh, I want to give my game ball to the entire secondary. They played incredible today. I'm really excited about uh, how they look this year. And, you know, despite the receiving core being a little shaky, our secondary looks awesome. Thanks, Josh. It really did. Thanks, Clay. I appreciate it. Hey, congratulations on the uh, the new kiddo. And, again, if at any point, you know, maybe he feels like uh, he could be ready to, to, I don't know, run some routes out of the slot or something. I'm willing to uh, – we're still trying to find a, a Travis Kelsey replacement at uh, tight end for this team. Uh, you know what? And Dylan, I'll tell you, I'm keeping an eye on the uh, action there in Jacksonville. Let's let's hold a, a holding pattern here real quick, and then uh, just in case somebody shows up there that we can bring it live here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. 
Otherwise, we'll uh, take a time out and uh, get a few more calls from uh, Kyle and David. You guys hold on line there. You're up first. And uh, we'll continue to unpack all this. I am really interested to see where things go in terms of the offensive tackle discussion that we've already been having. A great line that Chris Jones needs to just get Juwan Taylor's agents. I I don't know who Juwan Taylor's agents are, but I tend to agree. I think that's a great I think that's a great call. Um, he was spectacular. He did look like a guy who. It's funny. I'm not going to build an entire thesis out of this, but we talk so much and hear so much about the Andy Reid training camp, and the guy who's looked the best in his debut this year is the guy who missed all of it. Again, I'm not. I'm not saying this is correlation and causation. I'm not saying that Andy Reid's training camp lost the special touch. I think there are perfectly reasonable explanations for lots of things. Like Chris Jones knew that if he came back and was not immediately productive, he was going to get lambasted and also would have hurt his incentive-based deal, would have also hurt his next contract, all of that. Chris Jones was very much incentivized to come back in great shape, but still, like football shape, being ready mentally for the speed of the NFL with no ramp up for it, really. Uh, that's still that's still very very impressive. And uh, the rest of the Chiefs, in a lot of ways, have just looked kind of kind of unfocused, kind of sloppy. I'm not sure if <sighs> Kadarius Tony caught everything that was that was thrown his way today. He was uh, in, involved in the offense in the first half, at least a lot less so as the game went on. Um, last week, that was Rasheed Rice. It was like a lot of planned stuff for him in the first half, and they just kind of ran the offense in the second. I'm not sure I'm a huge fan of the MVS, Sky Moore, Justin Watson, three receiver sets, or MVS, Sky Moore, and you whatever, maybe you see Richie James out there. It, it wasn't there wasn't a lot of attention paid by the offense. I mean, to Rasheed Rice today, and you saw your spurts from Kadarius Tony, and that was encouraging. But as as I think we rightly began today talking about the defense, I don't feel a lot better about the offense than I did after the Lions game. I don't feel worse. And I do feel I do feel a little better. That Travis Kelsey touchdown was a perfect example of a play that was you know the, the plan A unfolded. Mahomes bought a little bit of time. Kelsey leaked his way into the end zone, and then boom, you you have a Mahomes Kelsey connection that we're so used to seeing. Having that back in the offense is huge. Also, enormous shout out to Noah Gray, who did stay involved in the offense, did look good when he got touches, and on that play that was third and 14 or whatever it was, if he goes down on first contact, that's the end of the drive. They're not going for it on fourth down. Instead, he gets it to what? Fourth and two? Yeah, to get from third and 14, gets 12 on that, what what could have been a much shorter gain. You gotta go for fourth and two from the 28. When, uh, you know, back in the old days when it was still 3 nothing, which went a lot deeper into the game than it felt like it should have. But Noah Gray keeps that drive alive. Mahomes hits Clyde out of the backfield to, to pick up that first down and then the Sky Moore touchdown after that. That was before the half. They end up going into the half up by one after the defense has a not great moment there in that field goal. They snuck in before the half. But... 
it's encouraging to see Noah Gray having the role continue to, to be substantial with and without Travis Kelsey. I think that was kind of the game plan for him this year either way. You just would rather have Kelsey out there also. But a, a Sky Moore touchdown and a big Sky Moore conversion makes me feel better about where the receivers stand. I, I feel better about how that all came together. I, I feel I feel solid about some, some positive steps to build on. But I do not feel as if the Chiefs like found their perfect pass-catching rotation today. Because this roster of guys who caught passes is still extremely, extremely long. <laughs> One of them uh, is including uh, Donovan Smith, apparently. I'm surprised to see that that did actually show up in the box score. It's illegal touching. They're giving him, they're giving him the reception, though. Giving him a target and a reception. It doesn't feel like it should be allowed, but I'm glad he got the stat line. I would like for the Chiefs' offense to feel like it has an easy button again. I think that's kind of the the thing I'm hovering around now from this game, where it's vital that you get it done. The defense looks great. The offense has a couple of its big moments. And I, we're just doing the thing now. We're waiting to hear from the podium to figure out if we're gonna take you there next, or if it's gonna be a minute or whatever. Still no word of what's really happening there. Point being, the easy button of Mahomes to Kelsey, not quite as easy as you'd like for it to be. Just yet, his first game back, and he seems... I mean, Kelsey got an unsportsmanlike and an unnecessary roughness and punted a football into the stands after a touchdown, which I thought was going to be a penalty also. When was the second unsportsmanlike? Because two unsportsmanlike gets you, uh, gets you booted, right? He definitely could have ended up with two unsportsmanlikes and an unnecessary, roughing, or unnecessary roughness. That just hit me. So I'm not 100% sure where he's at or what's going on there. There was some jawing with the Jags late, and a couple Jags defenders were still trying to keep it spicy, while the Chiefs were mercifully to them kneeling it out on the two. They they could have been running real plays there, and maybe they would have uh, appreciated that more. I don't know. That was all very odd, a weird sequence. But it still wasn't quite easy today for the Chiefs' offense, and until that comes back, I'm going to have a, a little bit of a reservation um, not that it won't ever be good again, just that it's it's a little wonky. Not the pieces didn't didn't mesh quite right together, and and that seems like a problem. We'll keep an eye on it though. Let's do this, uh, Dylan. Let's just go ahead and let's call it for ourselves. Let's take a quick timeout so we can come back and then maybe take some calls and figure out what's going on down there in Jacksonville. You know, it's different. It's like it's Florida different, and it's also Jacksonville different. So at some point today in the uh, course of the show, we'll hear from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, anybody else who shows up at the podium. We'll break it down and keep discussing all the action. Take your calls. Later, we'll talk to Matt Derrick. That's all here on the Sports Radio 810 WHP Postgame Show. And that will rhythm here for KC. Mahomes swings it for the touchdown. Caught by Moore. Penalty marker at the four. Mahomes and Moore in celebration mode. Now the officials will come together, and Adrian Hill is going to let us know if it stands. The ruling on the field is the touchdown. During the play, illegal use of a hand, hands in the face, number 32. That penalty is declined. The touchdown stands. And what a difference 10 days make, huh? 
Sky Moore last week, no catches at all. A couple of drops. Kadarius Toney struggled last week. One catch for one yard with drops, including a pick six that popped out of his hands. Ten days later, Patrick Mahomes still showing confidence in these guys. They work hard, they come back, and a big play there for Moore. Certainly good to see Sky Moore get on the board. A couple of big catches from him today. Final stat line, 3 for 70 and a touchdown. That there is our sweet play of the game brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Introducing Cannoli Thunder Concrete at Andy's Frozen Custard. This Italian stallion of flavors is made with fresh vanilla frozen custard, crispy cannoli shells, sweet cream filling, and chocolate chips. Go to eatandys.com for the location nearest you. Uh, it sounds like we may hear from Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones in Jacksonville, but also we got some folks on the line right now. And so I'll, I'll tell you as we start going through the calls, if at some point I cut you off, put you on hold so we can hear from Jones and Kelsey. Don't take it personally, but I also don't want to make you wait any longer. So we'll start from the top here with Kyle. Kyle, you're on the Sports Radio 810 WHB Post Game Show. What's up, Kyle? Hey, thank you for taking my call, Josh. I hope you and your lovely fiance are doing very well, or your wife now. Wife now. I- Doing very well. We we certainly are. Thank you, Kyle. I appreciate that. Hope you're well too. Oh, did I lose you? Nope, I got you. Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, my first point I want to make is Josh is our offensive line, our right guard. Um, gosh, last week I was going to gripe about wide receivers. Now I'm griping about offensive line. Gee, mm-hmm. uh, I, I feel like there's some in, in, in inconsistency. So I'm going to make this short and quick. First of all, I think I think the Chiefs need to and at practice I need they need to start looking at other options. I think either your practice squad or your backup, whoever who our backup right guard is, I think they need to give him a look to see what he can do um, because we cannot have these false starts and holding calls. That's that's base. That's pretty basic. And for the Chiefs to have like twelve or thirteen penalties for how many yards? That, that's got to be cleaned up. So that's my first point. Second point is our wide receivers. I thought they did better today. Uh, I, I mean, uh, Justin Watson, huge shout out to Justin Watson because he made some catches today. Some clutch, He came in clutch today, and I, I was very impressed by him to step up today. I, I mean, I don't want to say he's number one or anything, but – He's a guy that probably needs to be in there more often because if he's going to keep making catches like those, uh, I would actually consider Justin Watson being in one of the three wide receivers uh, because he played. He stepped up today. Uh, my third point is is the secondary uh, that everybody's talked about. I man, I thought Snead and everybody in our linebackers, Nick Bolton, made some good key plays as well. Uh, and the defensive line just absolutely stepped up. Karloftis, Chris Jones, everybody. I thought the defense played a heck of a game. And our offense in the second half, I was, I mean, yeah, we struggled a little bit in the second half. But when we had our opening drive on that opening drive when we got the ball uh, starting the second half and we marched down the field, I felt pretty good after that. So, uh, sorry to take so long, but thank you for taking my call, Josh. That's all right, Kyle. Always happy to hear from you. And yeah, I don't remember if Trey Smith was was penalized today. Totally could have been. It felt like most of the line was, but um, they, I, I certainly think that the cleaning things up across the offensive line. I, I'd I'd be really really surprised if they did any sort of retooling of that starting five. But the 
there were there were too many little messes across that unit all day. I'm I'm sure Andy Reid will talk about it. I'm sure it'll be a thing long running throughout this uh, this week. But uh, but it's certainly certainly an area of concern. Uh, they love seeing Justin Watson get snaps, so that he will continue to get plenty of work. But definitely some big moments for him, and obviously that's marred by the fumble. But I, I thought he asserted himself pretty well today, um, and and ultimately think that the. Uh, the wide receiver group is going to remain a, a bit of a, an open tryout for uh, figuring out who can uh, who can get their hands on the ball in that unit. Next up here, we're going to go to David. David, you're on Sports Radio 8, Tim. What's up, David? David, we got you. Hello? Hey, David, we got you now. What's up? Yes, I'm a long-time listener, but a first-time caller. Well, thank you, David. Yes, I think you're supposed to say welcome aboard. I'm sorry, can you say that again? Normally, you would say, welcome aboard. Well, welcome aboard, David. I'm sorry. We got a lot of moving parts back here today, Thank so I, I missed that okay, from you. So, so I understand. So here's my comment. Um, Kelsey is obviously a very talented player, but he's got to get a control of himself. He could have cost us this game with all his stupid penalties. A, a, a personal foul for just, uh, unsportsmanlike conduct, and then... Uh, trying to act macho later in the game and getting into that tiff with the uh, player after the uh, after the play was over. Thank goodness the play was over and it was a dead spot foul. Uh, that could have really cost us. So I just hope that Andy Reid will uh, try and get control of his players, including Kelsey. Yeah, David, I appreciate the call. And, and look, you're at. I mean, like I said at the beginning of the show, if if Kelsey ends up with two personal fouls, I he it could have two unsportsman likes or whatever it would have been that that can lead to a, an ejection. So it he almost he almost had a trifecta today. And again, David, uh, welcome aboard and uh, appreciate the uh, the call and the long time listening for sure. Because yeah, it, it, I I imagine if we do hear from Kelsey at the podium today, which sounds like the rumor at the moment, uh, I think we will hear. Uh, several questions along those lines that will be worth sorting out uh, because I was surprised to see him in so many ways have some of the uh, earlier year Kelsey penalties that showed up today and that's also after a long training camp of having some little uh, tussles as well. Let's go back to the phones here real quick and get in uh, Gordon. Gordon, you're on Sports Radio 810 WHP. What's on your mind? Hey guys, uh, good day for the Chiefs. Chargers lost. Uh-huh. Raiders lost, so we're tied for the division. So <laughs> good day for the Chiefs. It is. It is indeed. <laughs> um, I wanted to come and defend Juwan Taylor a little bit. Um, the calls for benching him are kind of crazy to me. Um, the holding is not good. Um, but the rest of the flags, let's be honest, like it's, it's stuff he's done his whole career, and he's getting flagged for those things now because he plays for a team that people actually watch. Um, that that's why the league's addressing it. Um, so, uh, you know, I feel like I, I obviously haven't watched the tape, but I feel like he was holding up pretty well over there, you know, but penalties aside. Um, so I, you know, I wanted to come defend him a little bit, yeah. you know, it, give him, he, he's, it, it takes more than a week to adjust something you've done your whole career. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was, Real happy with the win, uh, to lose, to be minus two in turnovers, to have 12 penalties and still win on the road against a playoff team. That's pretty good. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'll listen off the air. I appreciate the time. 
Absolutely, Gordon. Thanks for the call. Thanks for listening. And I, I agree with you on a few of those things. I'm going to go ahead and just string you over to Zach also, because I know uh, Zach would like to talk about Juwan Taylor as well. Zach, you're on Sports Radio 810. Yeah, so I actually figured out why Evan Ingram didn't get the penalty for just completely bear-hugging Cook, and hopefully he'll be okay, but injuring him on that play. It turns out his name isn't Juwan Taylor. He's not <laughs> but, like, seriously, I, Juwan's a, a pro. He should be an all-pro. He's going to clean that up, no problem. Everybody, at least people that watch the NFL, people that watched the Chiefs last year in the playoffs saw how dominant he was at right tackle. I don't think that's going to be a problem. He's worth the money. He'll figure it out. Turns out Andy Heck, he's pretty good at coaching offensive line. Yeah. It, it's not your fault when the refs decide, hey, we are only going to watch you the entire game, and if you ever do something that could even be construed as a penalty, we're going to throw it on you. So are they going to do that every game? No, that's the only time in my 30 years of watching NFL football that I've seen some, some referee crew pinpoint one single player for an entire game. That was ridiculous. And when you're throwing a penalty on Kelsey – for taking his helmet off? Are you serious? Like, it it is what it is. That was an anomaly. It's not going to be all season. The Chiefs were one of the least penalized teams all year. So it seems like there's a lot of Debbie Downers, and I kind of came in a little bit late. But, guys, chill out. When was the last time that we saw a defense hold an extremely good offense to zero touchdowns? Yeah. That was incredible. Like, can do this all year, they are going to coast to the Super Bowl. So Mahomes is going to figure it out. Kelsey's going to figure it out. That offensive line looks really, really good if the referees aren't throwing flags every single play. We're going to be fine. That's it. Have a good one. Appreciate it, Zach. Because, uh, yeah, so here's I 100% story of this game is the defense holding a really good Jags offense to no touchdowns. Absolutely. Uh, another good point on the Kelsey penalty. I Look, I thought Kelsey was going to get, and would have deserved, a penalty for punting the ball into the into the uh, stands after the touchdown. That's just something that I feel like has been a penalty for as long as I've been watching football. I'm glad it wasn't one, but I, that would have been earned. The helmet thing was silly. Like, he, he you know, unsnaps, his, unbuckles his snaps aggressively on his helmet and then I guess took his helmet off when he got close to the sidelines but wasn't fully there yet. It was not a take-off-your-helmet-to-get-in-someone-else's-face kind of thing. And on the replay, as far as they got in the replay, as he was walking to the sidelines, his helmet was still fully on his head. That one felt super, super nitpicky. And to the Juwan Taylor point, I told you I was going to talk about it some a little bit, and then I'd, you know, uh, I'd made you wait too long. I said this week on The Zone, you're not going to see those things called when you've got a handful of old men with their naked eyes on the field at field level watching 50 things at a time. You're never going to have a ref who is just the, the, the eagle eye on a right tackle for things like alignment, holding, just waiting for this dude to make a mistake because it was a point of emphasis. Until you send out a memo that says, hey, Keep an eye on this specific thing this week. Every time in the NFL when there is a, quote, point of emphasis, it is emphasized, it is overemphasized, and then eventually it kind of settles back into a reasonable place. 
I think one or two of Juwan Taylor's penalties today was was actually a penalty. At least that second hold was absolutely not. He and the defender went to the ground. It wasn't. He didn't tackle him to the ground. And I really do think there's something about highlighting this specific issue, this specific thing the NFL wanted to crack down on because it was all over the place on Thursday night. And then this Thursday, Lane Johnson does it all day and nobody ever says anything. I, I think tonight will be the, or today, and that performance and that level of emphasis on Juwan Taylor, that will be the anomaly as opposed to, oh, this is just what life with Juwan Taylor is going to be like. I, I really do think that is a, hey, this is an overreach and it will get better from here, not a, this is the new normal. And at some point, with the Chiefs just yanking him off the field for the last few pay- plays of that drive, I think it was, hey, man, it, it, it's we're in a spiral situation right now. We'll get you out of there. We're going to go let Prince Teguano go go uh, get his little typewriter feet chugging along for a little bit. He, was, he looked aggressive in space. It looked pretty good. Winogo, by the way, the only tackle active, the only swing tackle active, Wanya Morris and Lucas Niang were both healthy scratches today. Really, really interesting. Um... Dylan, I know we need to take a break soon, but I also don't know how long it's going to be before we hear from Travis Kelsey and uh, and Chris Jones potentially. I don't know if you're. Are you hearing what's going on there at the podium in Jacksonville? It looks like there's some some chatter. I'm seeing our very own friend Adam Teicher a lot, but I'm not seeing any. No, I see that. Have you heard anything? Do you have your ear to the ground? I do have the ear to the ground and haven't heard anything. Okay. Well, here comes as we speak. Travis Kelsey. All That's right. El Travador. El Travador uh, sauntering up to the podium. Let's hear from Travis Kelsey after his first game back. We're, uh, we're moving forward, man. I'll take a dub any way we can get it, baby. That's that. I mean, there was no doubt in my mind. <laughs> um, it wasn't a... Uh, it is what it is, man. I was out there flying around. I uh, wish I could help, could have helped my team out a little bit more than I did. But um, like I said, man, we got we came out of Jacksonville with a win, man. Um, I mean, just it was a routine play. Got caught in a bad position. Um, just got to be more fundamentally sound, I guess, and uh, just make sure that uh, before practice or. Throughout the week, just make sure everything's firing so that I don't put myself in a position like that. Um, initially, yeah, I was like, what the heck happened? And hopefully there's nothing, like, severe. Um, but uh, once I once I started working uh, working out with the training staff, doing a lot of the rehab, um, just put full trust in the medical staff that we have here. And sure enough, I was able to get out there and help. How much I'm not going to say it was an issue at all. You know, it, everything that you saw out there – was uh was 100 what I could give, um, and hopefully uh, next week we get even better from it. Yeah, I mean they they got a great defensive coordinator. You get down to the red zone, they really make you uh, find voids in the zones. Um, and uh, with that being said, I knew once Pat kind of broke contain where where a soft spot was going to be, and um, yeah. It's an interesting scenario, man, and I just wanted to make sure he felt that, you know what I mean, he's every part of this from the jump that he's ever, that he's always been. 
I love that guy. Um, you know, sometimes contracts and things like that can kind of get in, I don't know, get in the way of, or at least the media can portray somebody to be somebody that they're not and things like that. So I just wanted to make sure that he knew that we were happy as hell to get him back out there on the field and in the building and just his energy is uh, is needed, man. Looks like, the nine, the looks like the nine. Looks like the nine five that I that I know. Looks like there was some frustration level with how things were going offensively in the first half. How do you sort of balance patience in week two versus urgency, and then the independent mistakes? Um, still early in the season, and uh, what you guys just saw is the second game, uh, bringing all the new pieces together, um, and we're going to keep building. We keep growing. I know we got a great, great leadership, but. Um, Right now, hats off to the defense, the way they're playing and keeping us in games. Um, we love them for it, and uh, we got to stop shooting ourselves in the foot on offense. All right, thank you. All right, there's Travis Kelsey, a very abbreviated version. Um, not his speeding up, just like a little just a little housekeeping. He just got Chiefs PR in the back corner. Just a little speed-up motion, trying to hustle everybody through. Would love to hear. Not even I'm not even trying to get them to ask about the uh, Taylor Swift stuff. I don't think you need to ask about that postgame. That's fine. Would love to know more about all of the penalties and all of the rustling and all of the, the you know, chatter with the Jags players and all of that. But um, the Chiefs trying to get on that plane and get out of Jacksonville, I guess, man. All right. Uh, so I imagine we'll hear from Chris Jones probably here very, very shortly, I would think, as they appear to be in a hurry. Although it's been in kind of a, it's been a slow process getting to the podium, but a very quick one once they get there. They are leisurely getting to the podium and then literally during the first question telling the reporters to speed it up. So I thought we were going to just go, boom, here's Chris Jones. But we're not yet. So as far as I could figure, Travis Kelsey could still be talking right now. Maybe he had maybe he had another interview to hit. We'll find out. No immediate sign of Chris Jones, so he could sneak in a call. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. I'm not seeing any movement. And Dan's been waiting the longest. Dan, I know you you have some of the most efficient takes in the game, Dan. Go ahead and bridge us from uh, Travis Kelsey to Chris Jones. What's on your mind, man? Joshua, how you doing? I just got off. Uh, I wouldn't see it at the time. I just got the big scene. The offense did just enough to win, and the defense was playing real good today. Chris Jones was super game. He got to clean some stuff up. Yeah, Kadari started so sloppy on that uh, handoff, you know. But it, they will get cleaned up, Joshua. Let's take care of the Bears. Take care of yourself. Dan, I appreciate you every week, my friend. Thank you for uh, listening, for calling in. And, uh, yeah, it's the Bears next, which um – Dylan, do you know what the final score of that one ended up being? I'm genuinely asking. I don't have like the scoreboard up in front of me. It was, and I'm just guessing, it oh, was I, 27-17. Yeah, 27-17. That is at the hands of the vaunted Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, I mean, as long as you got Tom Brady, you... I actually kind of like Baker Mayfield still. I can't. I don't know why. I can't quit him. I'd love to give you an update on the post game or on the uh, press situation. We will hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes later on in the show. I can promise you that. 
I'm just confused. And I know really it's my job also, you know, maybe if I'm quarterbacking this, I got to get the show on time. And right now we got to delay a game on the commercial breaks. We got to delay a game because Sean from Jersey has been waiting on hold. And I want to get to Sean. But I know as soon as you go to Sean, Chris Jones will be there. But I'm watching the pressers and like, all right, it's, it is dead quiet. Okay, here's Travis Kelsey for 90 seconds. We got to get this thing moving. Here's a five-minute break before we hear from Chris Jones. Maybe for all of 90 seconds. I'm watching the mannerisms of Adam Teicher trying to figure out when he when when his eyes light up, meaning that there may be more action still uh, still on the way. But he's not tipping pitches. Neither the Chiefs. Uh, Sean, I'm going to go ahead and come over to you, Sean from Jersey, and uh, hear your thoughts on the Chiefs' win today over the Jags. What's up, Sean? Yeah, I thought it was an ugly win, but it was a good win. They needed this win. Um, my whole thing was the first quarter was after. Sean, I apologize. i got to put you on hold real quick because Chris Jones, of course, just showed up. We'll come back to you, Sean. Here's Chris Jones. For me, it's just another game. Um, no pressure. Most importantly, going out, having fun, um, enjoying my time back with these guys, uh, and make sure we win the game, however that may be. You already said you were in I don't know if I can go again for another three weeks. So I'll see you guys in three weeks. Um, the heat didn't bother me. I was um, well prepared for it, um, but it was it was tough, tough at times at spurts. But um, yeah, it felt really good. I felt like I was back in Miami. Same thing as it was when I uh, before I left. Is have fun, um, play hard, and uh, you know find a way to win. We'll go Nat, Nate, Adam, and then Bay. How do you consider yourself a pass rusher specifically? But to rush from the interior and from the edge, just how thrilled are you to get that flexibility with Spags and then obviously prove it on the field? Um, I think we've been building that ever since last year. Since Spags coming, it's more so about communication between us and trust between us that I know my plays, that I know the uh, the defense inside and out, and being comfortable with me being able to get outside. So. Adam, Chris, uh, you played a real game since the Super Bowl last year. What were your expectations for today coming in? Absolutely none. I was just happy to play. No expectations? No. Nah. Last one by it. Chris, just the, the sack, the bad pass, and the other ball you've done I mean, uh, that's what I that's what I'm here for. Um, for especially plays like that, you know, when my number is called, I try to answer that, and we're just going to continue to pick up where we left off. All right, thank you. Thank you. There's Chris Jones live from Jacksonville here on Sports Radio 810 WHB, and uh, a hugely impactful presence from him. And uh, good to hear from him at the podium post game as well. We will go back and hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes later on, but hearing from Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones wraps up our locker room report here on Sports Radio 810. The Chiefs Locker Room Report is brought to you by Twin Peaks. No one does football like Twin Peaks. Whatever your preference, they have everything from tequila cocktails and an extensive bourbon category to top-shelf spirits and cocktails served over ice balls. Local craft beers and handcrafted whiskey cocktails round out an adventurous drink menu, second to none. And don't forget about their 29-degree man-sized drafts at Twin Peaks. 
Before we take our time out, Sean, I'm coming back to you, my friend. I apologize for cutting you off, but you wouldn't be the only guy who Chris Jones interrupted today. So I hope that makes you feel better. Yeah, it's a good thing. I don't mind that. <laughs> but, um, going back to what I was saying, it wasn't a bad win, and it wasn't a good win, but we yeah. won. But um, I want just want to say in the first half, they looked out of sync. They looked sluggish. They looked like how they looked last week. They couldn't get nothing going. Too many offensive penalties. And I just don't think that we ran the ball good enough, which they should have did. And they ended up running the ball a lot more than they did in the second half than they did in the first half. Yeah. One thing I one thing I do want to say about this team, I believe in this defense. This defense is good. This defense is very good to be this young. They're good. And, I mean, hopefully the offense. I mean, same thing last year. We went to Indianapolis. We lost that game penalties, turnovers, they turned it around. So I'm just hoping that the offense will pick it up. I know they will. We have, you know, Mahomes at the helm, and we got brand-new receivers. But I think once this offense gels and this defense can play the way they've been playing these past two games, we're in good shape. So, I mean, it's nothing to worry about. We're one and one. That's all that matters. We won this game, move on to the next game, and let's get, a, get better each week. With that, I'll listen off air and go Chiefs. Sean, I appreciate it, man. Here's what I'll say. I think you're, first of all, the the fact that a, a great offense, one of the best offenses in football, certainly the best over the last several years, the fact that they just kind of struggle to run the football at times is is frustrating for very obvious reasons. But really nice to see that in the second half they were running it better. If you've been a longtime listener, you know that I'm not necessarily the guy that wants to run the ball more but I do want you to run the ball well when you do, and you've got to be able to run the ball. And even I think that whatever that split was in the first half today, even I was surprised by that. I love watching Isaiah Pacheco run the football. Seeing a little more of that and making your run game a little more diverse I think is a, is a big deal and it's something that we'll hopefully see them continue to, to tinker with as the year goes on. But, Sean, you mentioned the defense being good at this age, how young it is for still being as good as it is. I think that's a great point. Because really, and this might be my overarching take of the day, I'd rather have it look like this than the inverse. Because if you told me if the Chiefs lost a game in a shootout and then won a game in a 40-34 to kind of shootout today, I would have been excited for how good the offense would have been. I might have sounded more excited. It might have been more fun. Your fantasy team would have been better. All of my bets would have been better. But the advantage of these games of the Chiefs having two two games and one win, where the defense is dominant and the offense looks out of sync, is that I believe Patrick Mahomes will get the offense back in sync. If the defense looks terrible the first two weeks, I'm not sure I'd still be buying stock in that. Here, though, in this version of this Chiefs team, where the offense is the side of the ball not really carrying its own weight, that's not going to happen that's not going to happen in November, December, January. It's just not going to be the case. I'd be stunned. And right now, if you can manage, enjoy what the defense did today. Because it was really, 
really impressive. In fact, the defense as a whole today, they get the green light. That's the green light presented by Green Light Dispensary. Outstanding customer service, superior product, and continuously voted Missouri's best. Open from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. seven days a week. Find a location near you today at greenlightdispensary.com. A green light for the entire red-wearing defense today. Very, very well learned. We'll take a break. Come back for some more in the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. We'll hear from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Holmes and Matt Derrick, three of the best offensive minds in the game, over the course of the rest of the show. Joshua Briscoe, Dylan Michaels, Covell Hudson with you here on Sports Radio 10 WHB. Electing to go for it on fourth and five. Lawrence is sacked at the 49. Kansas City comes up huge. Chris Jones is officially back for the Chiefs. That Miami Heat really works for him and working out, doesn't it? For a guy who missed all of training camp, you did mention it earlier, Ian. He said, hey, I missed the guys, but my legs are fresh, and he is proving that to be true. Whatever side he decides to rush in, they're having trouble. Brandon Sheriff, number 68. Ben Barch, number 78, the offensive guards. The center, Luke Fortner, 79. He has been a force in his first game back. Chris Jones looked like he hadn't missed a beat. He missed a month, but he looked like he hadn't missed a beat. That right there is our defensive play and our defensive player of the game, brought to you by Slagle Fence. Slagle Fence, as Kansas City's preferred fence company, has been surfing the KC metro areas for over a decade, offering security and style. Call 816-863-6159 or go to slagelfence.com for your free estimate. Talking defense today, Slagle Fence can uh, hook you up there, much like the Chiefs' defense stepped in for the Chiefs today. Really, really tremendous work from the Chiefs' defense. Um, and and uh, let's, I'm trying to see who, uh, somebody brought it up earlier also. like we, We've barely mentioned George Karloftis. I think Gary might have mentioned, uh, mentioned uh, Furious George off the rip today. But across the board, if we take a second to go in-depth at each level of the defense real fast, and again, the... There's a little bit of a Rorschach test, you know, like an ink blot test for what you want to see with the Chiefs offense. If you want to be worried, hey man, you, you got plenty to worry about. And I'm not, I don't mean that sarcastically. Like if you want to be worried about the Chiefs defense, you or Chiefs offense, you can find a way to do it. Is is Sky Moore gonna be Juju Smith Schuster levels of reliable? Or is he gonna be three catches a game and you hope they're in big moments? Is it going to be MVS doing some more things in the intermediate, which we saw him actually do today, which is kind of cool? Or is he going to be a guy that gets three catches a game downfield more often than not and just kind of boomer busts? Is the offensive line a real problem? Is the NFL going to change the way Juwan Taylor plays? Or is this a one-week overreaction from referees? Is this going to ultimately simmer down? Are the Chiefs going to be able to adjust some of those things? You can look at the inkblot test and you can say, I see an old lady or I see a young woman. I see a duck or I see a rabbit. And those are technically not Rorschach. They're definitely not Rorschach tests. Those are different optical illusions. But, you know, whatever. I see a butterfly or my parents fighting. That's how the Rorschach test uh, usually works, right? You can see what you want for the offense. But defensively, the Chiefs were 
really good against the Lions. Remembering that in that game where they gave up 21 points, one of those was a pick six. One of those was at the end of a long drive where they had a stop, and then the Chiefs got got punked on a fake punt. It, it, Dave Tobe didn't say it quite this specifically, but the uh, the esteemed Jason Anderson this week, uh, we were looking at the, the replay, and this is hard for Jason to say. I know this because of who he is and who it is who's about to get thrown under the bus here. But if Jarek McKinnon's first step is forward instead of backwards on that rep, He's probably stopping that punt short. The Chiefs defense, you know, butterfly effect and all. But the Chiefs defense would have another touchdown taken off their resume for that drive. The game would be different. I don't know that it's a one-to-one. The Chiefs just win there. But you know what I mean. The, The Chiefs defense had one drive where the blood was fully on their hands against the Lions. One touchdown drive. And zero touchdown drives today. The secondary, we've talked about some. All of the starters except for Justin Reed are on rookie contracts. Most of the depth is on rookie contracts. Mike Edwards, who came in when Brian Cook left with his injury, he is not. You know, he's he's a little bit of a journeyman who's a fine third safety and, and I think fine to be a guy who steps in for a short absence. If Brian Cook was dealing with a long-term injury, it would be a different story, I think. But your main... Starters and role players in the secondary are all on rookie contracts with Justin Reed being not an old safety, but the oldest DB in that group. Guy on a second deal and all of that. The linebackers, where you briefly see Nick Bolton leave. I, I don't, don't hear my slant, don't hear this slander, but the Chiefs are at a spot where, where Willie Gay at one point looked like he might have been hurt more seriously than he was. Nick Bolton had a while where he looked like he might have been more seriously hurt than he was. Leo Chanel was flying around in some spots that was really cool. By the way, also just a little check-in in the AFC because football is weird and fun, and I've got the CBS on my TV in here still. Garrett Wilson, long touchdown from Zach Wilson. The throw wasn't super long, but Garrett Wilson housed it. Sauce Gardner just missed a Dak Prescott pick six. It hit him in both hands. He it was over. He he cut off a route for CeeDee Lamb. He could not bring it in. The Jets could have been up on the Cowboys right now. Weird stuff's happening in the NFL, but I'm literally learning about it now because as much as we tried to keep an eye on the red zone, it's impossible for me to keep an eye on the rest of football when I'm trying to have, like, a thought every play during the Chiefs game. And so every once in a while, I just look up and go, oh, the the Jets, huh? Or Or I look up, let's just find the new one. The Seahawks beat the Lions in overtime? I just learned that. I genuinely, honestly just, I saw that it went to overtime. Apparently the Seahawks won. So the Lions are 1-1 one one now. The uh, Chargers are 0-2 because the Titans won in overtime. I did see that. I did catch that. The Cardinals are up on the Giants 20 to nothing With Josh Dobbs? Are the Giants... Are the Gi- I'm sorry, everybody. Are the Giants going to have a pick for Caleb Williams and not be able to take him because they spent too much money on Daniel Jones? Oh, the curse that Brian Dayball would... Oh, poor Mike Kafka. Anyway. Back to the Chiefs defense. We saw the linebackers leave for, for varying points in the game. And I, I thought... And some of and sometimes... Hey, Deuce Vaughn just did a front flip for a first down, by the way. For the Cowboys. So that local update there for you, too. Sorry, K-State fans. Just about your weekend. But... 
you saw your depth get challenged at linebacker, and if he is going to get used this way, Drew Tranquil is the best fourth linebacker in football. He might be the best fourth linebacker in the history of football. I don't think he's a fourth linebacker. I think he has a lot more usefulness than that, so I'm being a bit hyperbolic. But they got a great unit there. And then this defensive line today did not activate Keandre Coburn. They did not activate Neil Farrell. Danny Shelton is still on the practice squad. Deuce Vaughn is eating right now. What's going on? That defensive line with one one tech on the active roster today being Derek Noddy. And then Tershawn Wharton and Matt Dickerson out there working around the return of Chris Jones. With Mike Dana being able to kick to the inside. George Karloftis and Felix Nudike Uzama being able to be the outside guys when Dana does kick in. And we saw a little bit of Malik Herring mixed in. That's a good group. It's a, it's a pretty talented group that I think is getting coached just about immaculately right now. You can't ask for anything more from this defensive coaching staff. What they've gotten from the young guys, how good it's looked schematically, the creativity against the Lions, getting Jones back into the fold seamlessly today. Tremendous stretch for the Chiefs defense, which is good because the offense has been a little bit frustrating. We'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll hear from the orchestrator of that offense. Andy Reid spoke to the media. We'll hear from him when we come back from the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. They're going to have to run a play, though. There's a one-second differential. Mahomes on third down and six. Mahomes stops, floats it up. It is caught wide open. Sky Moore. And Moore will get tackled from behind. You just have to stay patient if you play with Patrick Mahomes. This is the two-minute Eventually... He's going to find you. Ladies and gentlemen, the magic man shows up one more time. Now you see him. Now you don't. The magic man, indeed. That's our Magic Mahomes moment presented by Westlake Hardware. Westlake Commercial, a division of Westlake Ace Hardware, is your local business-to-business supply partner. Their commercial team, dedicated business-to-business website, credit terms, and convenient store locations make it easy. Visit your local Westlake Ace Hardware store or westlakehardware.com slash commercial today. It was an up-and-down day. It's been an up-and-down season for both uh, Patrick Mahomes and Sky Moore. Also, a fun stat here on the Chiefs' defense from our own Curtis Seabolt, as he tweeted out a little bit ago. Someone asked him uh, about the uh, performance from the Chiefs' defense over these two weeks, as they have now, if you, uh, you know, you remove the points given up on the pick six, the Chiefs' defense has only allowed 23 points combined in their first two games of the year. I expected them to give up 23 points in each of their first two games of the year, if I'm being honest. And uh, Curtis did the uh, the work and, and tweeted, By my careful calculations, this is the 10th time that the Chiefs have allowed 23 or fewer points on defense over their first two games, and the first time since 2013. Found that kind of interesting. Uh, 23 points allowed by the Chiefs defense. And again, I'd, I'd argue that they got a stop uh, the other time against the Lions when the uh, special teams ended up letting it up. But, you know, it was fourth and short. They could have just gone for it there. Whatever. Ultimately, though, a uh, 
a great, great showing in two games from the uh, the Chiefs' defense. But it's time to hear from the man in charge of the offense and the man in charge of everything, of course, Andy Reid. The head coach's press conference is brought to you by Robert Brogdon's Olathe Buick GMC and Olathe Kia. Get a worry-free money-back guarantee on new vehicles when you buy from Brogdon. Visit BrogdonAutomotive.com. Again, that's Robert Brogdon's Olathe Buick GMC and Olathe Kia. And, uh, oh, we can also hear someone else. Where, where, where are we? Did I not have to read it? We could have also heard it. We can hear it if you'd like to also. Andy Reid's press conference is brought to you by Robert Brogdon's Olathe Buick GMC and Olathe Kia. Get a worry-free money-back guarantee on new vehicles when you buy from Brogdon. Visit BrogdonAutomotive.com. There you have it. You got to hear it a couple times over. Appreciate the folks at Robert Brogdon's for being a part of the festivities here. Appreciate Andy Reid for giving the injury update and the opening statement as the Chiefs victorious over the Jacksonville Jaguars 17-9. to An odd score and a road press conference here for Andy Reid. Uh, Kadarius Tony's left foot was bothering him a little bit. We're, we'll check it out. We played most of the plays, so that he was supposed to be in on. And then Justin Watson uh, was dehydrated. Came and got an IV, and then he was going to come back out if it went in overtime. Our guys really uh, uh, sucked it up uh, for lack of terms. It was hot and humid out there. Um, you know, I'm an offensive guy, but that was a beautiful thing defensively. And uh, offensively, we got to take care of the penalties and the um, and the turnovers. But the battle through it shows me a little something. And so uh, we'll get the other stuff fixed as we go. But defensively, great to have Chris Jones back. He was, you know, obviously influenced the game in a positive way for us. Um, McDuffie, you know, nice. I mean, I can go on and on. The, the guys, I thought on defense, just battled. Spags had a phenomenal game plan. His coaches did a great job there. Um, and then offensively, uh, you know, Pacheco, the second half. Listen, the offensive line picked it up. Pacheco picked, uh, did a nice job with it after the line picked it up. And, um, uh, we had some good things happen that, that second half. Pat had a couple of nice, nice plays too. So, uh, along with the receivers. Anyways, for that time, my li- the other thing is Doug Peterson has done a great job here uh, for the Jacksonville people in here. So um, he's got a heck of a football team and and uh, very well coached, and they've, they've got a lot of toughness there too. So, anyways, with that time, yours. The uh, the little extra mention there for Doug Peterson is also. No one's asked this question. Nobody, nobody called in and, and mentioned this. I, I mentioned it earlier in the show too, I guess. But um, that there from Andy Reid is also why they did not score a touchdown when they totally they could have absolutely ended up winning this game twenty four to nine. It would have looked a little better. Would have felt, would have sounded like a blowout, even though it didn't feel like much of a blowout. They got it to the two. It was just as easy to take a knee as it was to hand it off to Isaiah Pacheco. And there's a, a clear respect. I mean, I I don't. I'm not leaving anybody out on purpose here. I'm not sure. I feel like there have been a couple of times where the where the Chiefs have been mildly disrespectful to like an AFC West opponent. You know, you get, sometimes it's the Raiders, which is always fun. But but generally, you know, these are the the head coaches that leave Andy Reid to go be head coaches somewhere else. It's hard to imagine how many hours those dudes all spend in the same rooms on the same whiteboards and note cards and watching tape and all. So you you can tell, especially as a guy who went to Philly first, won one, and is now in Jacksonville, that the relationship there between uh, the the Chiefs and Doug Peterson is is a good one. Uh, I saw Travis Kelsey uh, getting in on the conversation pregame with with Peterson as well. 
And, of course, the offensive penalties and the turnovers are going to be, they'd be the thing we talked about if the Chiefs lost this game, so we should certainly be talking about it in a win as well. And uh, Andy Reid certainly not not stepping away from that. Next up here, he was asked about Chris Jones and then also talked about some of the takeaways from this victory for the Chiefs. Listen, I figured he'd be able to play about a half a game, you know, and um, we, we shuttled him in and out. Uh, he did, did a great job. Listen, now, I, I mentioned this before. Over the years here, he's learned to keep himself in, in shape. And, um, and and so when I saw him out of practice, he, he was moving around pretty good and his endurance seemed good. So, uh, you know, I, I felt comfortable that he would go in and be able to do his thing. Uh, maybe not to that level. Uh, that was a heck of a job, though, by him. And you mentioned that playing through and battling through and showed you a little something. What, what, is that because you figured take away from today? Obviously, you got a lot to clean up on offense, right? Well, my, my biggest thing I take away is I thought our defense did a nice job. So, um, and then the offense battled through it and so on. But you, you had the elements. You know, we all felt it. All you guys felt it. So you have the elements that you got to fight through. And, um, you know, you're, you're not walking in the park here. It's, uh, both teams are, are battling through some, some heat and, and, uh, humidity. And what is that? Is that how you account for really a number of, inordinate number of mistakes? No, not at all. No, that's not the problem. That wasn't the problem. We, we just, too many procedure penalties, turnovers, you know. We'll get that taken care of. Uh, that, that's not the heat, though. That's us needing to take care of business there. Interesting to talk about all the elements and everything, and also that not being the reason the penalties were happening. Um, I think is a good little, you know, acknowledgement of both sides, where there were a lot of things going on that were, that were challenging the guys, and also, it doesn't. You could have been playing that thing on the sun, and that would have been a lot of of bad mental errors that the Chiefs made there. For the the second week in a row, I imagine the Chiefs will have a pretty uh, intense round of practices this week, and then hopefully they get to put together a clean performance in what I would love to know what the opening line will be next week against the Bears, because the Chiefs have been not quite as impressive as maybe we would have expected, and the Bears have been the furthest thing from impressive the NFL has to offer right now. I haven't watched their game today, obviously, but doesn't seem like it went well. And I bet the Chiefs have a, they have a real get-right game, as you say. Uh, a, a, an, they've got a, a D2 team, perhaps, to, to deal with next week. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Last thing here from Andy Reid. Uh, again, on the penalties and uh, some of the issues that Juwan Taylor had today. Well, we normally don't do this. So it, it uh, you know, it got us today. But we're not, we're not a big penalty team, and and uh, offensively or defensively, we're not a big penalty team, and surely not uh, the turnovers. How do you want Juwan to respond to this? Yeah. So listen, I took him out for a couple. So you know, you just step back. This is home, not only home, but it's also where he played, and. Um, you know, just step back and let's get you back out there. He had some big blocks down the, uh, you know, down uh, later in the game there. So he did a nice job finishing. Coach, uh, Jones, how was Trav relative to expectation initially? Uh, Jones or Trav? Trav, yeah. Trav, uh, Trav did a, uh, a good job. He He's a pretty good, pretty good shape. He had a lot of routes in there. So uh looked like he felt pretty good. I uh, I think it's interesting that that Reed says, hey, you know, the penalties and stuff. That's just not who we are. I, I was trying to find some of the um, the stats from last year 
Because I feel like the Chiefs were higher than you'd want to be, but I, I do not, I have not been able to verify that. So I might try to answer that one for us in the next break that we take, and I'll, I'll come back and try to let you know where the Chiefs did stand at that point last year. Um, because, again, I, I think it was not ideal, but certainly not what you saw from there today uh, in terms of it being a mess, absolute mess in terms of the penalties. I think that's a reasonable answer, though, on Juwan Taylor. He was the offensive captain coming into this game today. And he said, hey, I, I pulled him for a few plays there because, again, it's it's home for him. It's where his NFL career was up until this year. And and then I'm filling in from here. I'm paraphrasing, but the mistakes kept compiling. You you were going from, like, ah, you know, a couple of bad plays here or there to, to hey, man, you're this is snowballing right now in a bad way. Get out a couple plays. Let's mentally reset. And, and then it was better after that. Uh, just a really bizarre game for a really good football player. Going to be interesting to see how that uh, where that goes from here. But I, I generally expect that uh, maybe last last week it was a lot about how is Kadarius Tony going to bounce back. I think in a lot of ways this week might be about how Juwan Taylor bounces back. But maybe we'll hear from him later on in the week. You'll certainly hear more from us, and you'll hear from Patrick Mahomes next in the Sports Radio 810 WHP Game Show. Third down and three. Kansas City trying to add to its lead. Kelsey, the motion man, low snap. Mahomes moving pocket. Mahomes floats it up. Caught! Touchdown, Travis Kelsey! Kelsey finds a blank space for the score. We talked about this in our open, about how Kelsey and Mahomes find each other. Watch to the right side of your screen. Kelsey with an out move, then he sees Mahomes move, and he finds the open area, knowing that Mahomes will read what he's doing and get him the football. And Travis Kelsey back on the field for Kansas City, and Kansas City Kingdom is benefiting. That right there is our play of the game and honorarily our call of the game. For Ian Eagle, it's our play of the game presented by Central Bank of the Midwest. At Central Bank of the Midwest, every customer is a first-round draft pick. Central Bank of the Midwest, strong roots, endless possibilities, member FDIC. If you uh, didn't catch it the first time, a blank space in the end zone for uh, for Travis Kelsey. I'm not going to assume that everyone in our listening audience is a, you know, total Swifty or anything, but blank space was... Uh, relatively noteworthy Taylor Swift song as most of them are because she's a walking economy and uh, a nice line there from uh, from Ian Eagle but it's time to hear from the guy who throws the passes to Travis Kelsey here on Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City we'll go to our QB press conference presented by Kansas City Acura dealers as the Chiefs march toward another epic year visit your Kansas City Acura dealers to score jaw-dropping deals on new and pre-owned Acura models plus get overpaid for your trade shop your new your Kansas City Acura dealer and go Chiefs from your Kansas City Acura dealers. We'll start from the top here with Mahomes asked about the overall offense here, the touchdowns he connected on, Travis Kelsey on the return. Here's Mahomes talking about the Chiefs offense. I mean, obviously, uh, too many penalties, um, too many miscues, um, but I mean, there's stuff that we can learn from. Um, got a lot of zone coverage, just having to find ways to execute our zone, 
um, and, and driving the length of the field. I mean, it's going back to the basics, going back to the fundamentals. Um, but I was telling Ted, if you play, you play bad and win, it's a lot better than playing bad and losing. So I was glad we found a way to get a win at the end of the day. Um, but obviously a lot of stuff that we have to get better at. Yeah, no, um, just kind of getting to a, a check there on the first touchdown the sky, kind of in our two minute, getting to the right play. Um, sky running a great route, making a great play against, I mean, what a great corner, honestly. And so um, just going to the matchup on that one. And then the, se- the second one, I mean, it's just kind of me and Trav, just kind of doing the, the scramble drill, working, and Travis does what – He's great at that stuff, and so we were able to find him. Wish I would have been able to find him on the in the, the third one that I missed him on that in that corner of the end zone. But um, like I said, just stuff that we have to get better at. Little things, um, but little things in this league make a big difference, and we have to continue to get better at that stuff. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, just the fact that he played. I mean, it's it surprised me honestly because that's a, that's a scary injury. Um, and, I mean, he, he didn't look good there for a little bit, but he battled over those extra days. He was in the facility rehabbing. And to get himself out there and able to play, um, it, it talks about the competitor that he is and the teammate that he is. And so uh, having him out there not only make, makes him make plays, but it helps everybody else, gets other guys open. Um, so truly just a great teammate, man. There's Stephen B. On the, out there on that field. Wasn't sure if Kelsey would play today. Impressed to see him out there at all. Uh, very glad he was there. Very glad that he had his uh, his number one receiver back in the mix, I'm, I'm sure. Also nice to see everything else come together the way that it did. Also incredibly nice, I'm sure, as a quarterback to have a defense who steps up the way that it did. Yeah, I mean, defense was incredible. I mean, that's a good offense, a really good offense. Um, and for them to, to shut them down, I think they were like zero for four in the red zone. Some couple critical stops after we turned the ball over. Um, and then when they got critical stops, we went three and out a couple times, and they, they kept holding them the field goals and holding them. Um, I mean, that, that, that win is on is the defense won that game. And so we have to continue to get better as an offense, which I think we will. Um, but if that defense plays like that, I mean, we're going to be a hard team to beat because that's, that's special. And to answer your second question, I mean, Chris, I mean, crazy. I mean, just to be able to make that impact on a game after not being in training camp. And you can work out as much as you want off the field. I mean, I, I know this, but to be able to come to Jacksonville where it's hot, humid, and just dominate against a great team, I mean, it, it's special. It's, it truly is special. I'm glad he's on my team. No, I think he ran the ball well today. Um, there's, there's stuff here and there we have to get better at as far as... Yeah, thank you. There's, there's stuff there's stuff that we have to get better at um, as far as uh, blocking, me making some mic calls, um, and being uh, executing throughout the entire offense. But I thought whenever it was there, he punched it through there. He made a lot of big runs. And then there at the end, just tough yards. Um, that, that's uh, stuff that you need in this, in this offense. And uh, as we continue to develop as an offense, I think we'll continue to get the run game going more, and I think it'll open up the rest of the offense. That would be yeah, no, um, they did a good job covering. They kind of ran a coverage where they are kind of doubling Travis. And that was kind of my first read. Um, and then Marquez actually got open first. He got open, and I was going to throw it to him, and the safety kind of drove him really hard. And then I think Scott made his guy fall down uh, there on the other side. So was able to buy enough time uh, and then just get the ball to him. At that point, he was wide open. Um, so get the ball to him, and then he made a great play after the catch, getting outfield, staying in bounds, keeping the clock rolling. Um, and he had a big game today, man, and I was happy for him. I think he'll continue to build, as, long, as well as those other receivers. I thought there was a lot of positives uh, with them, and they'll continue to build. And uh, It's a work in progress, but you want to win games. I thought we did a good job of just finding a way to get a win. 
It's a little cliche and a little bit true. He said it earlier, you know, an ugly win feels a lot better than an ugly loss. And in this case, it's a lot easier to say, hey, we got some stuff to work on when you're saying it after a victory. Uh, Makes it a little easier to return to the lab on that, I imagine. Uh, Here, Mahomes asked about some of the issues there that Juwan Taylor was having uh, penalty-wise across the board. Interested to hear what Patrick Mahomes had to say about the struggles of his right tackle. I mean, I, I mean, through social media, you knew that, that some of this was going to get called. Um, but, I mean, he's going to continue to get better and better. Um, they're cracking down on some of the alignment stuff. Uh, but we're playing football, man. He's gonna, he'll, 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 he'll get closer to the line of scrimmage than I guess everyone else. But uh, he'll get closer so that they don't call it. And we'll continue to work the, the snap counts and stuff like that. But uh, he's a great player. He'll continue to play, and he'll get comfortable. And it's hard whenever – kind of getting picked on a little bit to kind of keep playing your game. But uh, I have all the confidence in him, uh, in, him in the world. Last three, last three, Vahe, uh, Nate, and then Derek. Andy won number 270. That ties Tom Landry for fourth on the career list. I just wonder what, what your basic thoughts are of what, what's allowed to be this in the NFL and for you. Yeah, I, I didn't know that's awesome. I mean, that truly is awesome. And to be able to do it two different places with a bunch of different teams, a bunch of different quarterbacks, it, it really is It's truly remarkable. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I mean, obviously he's a great coach, but the person, I think the person is, is what makes him so special. Um, the way he's able to relate to everybody. Um, I mean, everybody in this locker room would say the same thing. Y'all know that. Um, and every, whenever you have a coach, a head coach that you can really relate to and knows that he loves you and wants the best for you, you go out there and give everything you have. Um, and I think that's what makes him so special as a coach. Um, I mean, obviously he has the X's and O's, but the person is what makes him special. Cool there. Win 270 for Andy Reid. I can't remember if I there said passing or tying Tom Landry. Uh, either way, uh, uh, great company to be in there. And uh, good stuff to hear Andy Reid, or to hear Patrick Mahomes uh, discuss his, his head coach that way. One more for you here from Patrick Mahomes. The feeling at the half for the Chiefs as they uh, also then try to find a little bit of balance offensively. Last couple questions here for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, we just knew – I mean, we're playing a good football team, and when you make mistakes, you're not going to have sustained drives as an offense. Um, we're able to get that last touchdown to get a little bit of momentum and then a big drive in that, that first drive out of half and getting that touchdown to kind of get the momentum back in our favor. Um, and then the defense got a lot of stops. I mean, it's uh, – like I said, I mean, is it – it's hard for, for us to see, uh, for everyone to see, because we, we've been such a prolific offense for so long and we started fast. Um, but if you don't execute at a high level uh, in this league, you're not going to have success. You're not going to score touchdowns. You're not going to have sustained drives. And so that's stuff that we have to get better at. Um, we know what we're doing. It's about going out there and executing it, um, finding the, the right way to do that um, as far as running pass and all that different type of stuff. Um, but I, I was proud of the guys that I kept fighting. Um, I mean, even at the beginning of last year, I mean, we didn't we didn't play as well maybe after the first game that we wanted to. Um, but you have to continue to build and build and know that and the, the process ahead that you just continue to stack wins no matter how you get them um, and try to play your best football as the season goes on. I know Seth, you said you're all right over 100 yards, but going into the half, you only had four or four attempts to keep 12 yards. Is there a conscious effort or will there be a conscious effort in the future to kind of have a little bit more balance as you move you know, yeah, I mean, you have to you have to take what's there. Um, we had a, lot, a couple of run plays called, um, but they they heavier boxes up there. Some of the advantage throws on the outside, um, the RPO type stuff. I miss some, um, but that's that's why I was saying. There's some misreads by me. I got to hand the ball in some situations. Um, but yeah, we're gonna get the run game going. Um, but you think you saw in the second half that it was getting going a little bit better. Even those tough four or five yard carries. I mean, obviously the big one um, are important, um, and we'll continue to work that stuff. Um, but I mean, we have we have the talent. Offensive line, they have the talent. 
we have the talent blockers on the outside as well. Um, it's, but it's a new offensive line. They have to gel together to figure it out with the running back. Um, and so uh, I'm excited for it because I, I know that we can do it. Um, but in order for this offense to take that next step, we're going to have to get it going for sure. There you have it, Patrick Mahomes right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB, Kansas City. We'll take a timeout, come back and talk to our friend Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest about what we heard from Reed and Mahomes, what we saw from the Kansas City Chiefs, and what he feels about a 17-9 to victory for the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, a, a game you're happy to have, a game with some ugliness on the offensive side, and a game with some beauty on the defensive. A lot to unpack. We're going to have a whole week to do it, but we'll start doing that with Matt and Derek of Chiefs Digest next. Fake it. Lawrence, look out. Trevor Lawrence gets devoured. George Karloftis driving the train for Kansas City. Loss of seven. And Jacksonville came out there, pressed Taylor, ordered up a play from a very tight formation to get everyone condensed, and then they wanted to throw the ball deep downfield. But George Karloftis able to run through the block by Luke Farrell, number 89, the tight end, and run down Trevor Lawrence. One of many highlights from the Chiefs' defense today, just about as many of those, maybe more of those, than from the Chiefs' offense. A weird thing to say, but a good thing to see from that side of the football. No defense necessary when Matt Derrick comes to the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. That happens now. You can read his work at ChiefsDigest.com. You can follow him on, uh, I was going to say Twitter. It's still Twitter, but whatever social media you still frequent at Matt Derrick. Matt, I, I really do think, I think we have to start by talking about the defense today, right? We can. I mean, I would. Per- I'd prefer to talk about the negatives if we could. I mean, I, I saw a couple. A couple of big negatives today. Is this can Gary I, again? I, Did Gary call back negatives? in? Can I share? Can I share my negatives? I would love to hear your negatives. Okay. One. Chris Jones after the game was wearing the NFL sideline hat that has the Chiefs logo <laughs> and the NFL Shield uh-huh. logo. Yeah. And that's just unacceptable. Sure. I mean, I, I assumed that people were wearing that hat ironically, but <laughs> no. And, and two, if this is, I mean, bless his heart. I mean, he played his guts out. I mean, it really, really did. But I'm done with Travador. I'm done with the stash. The stash can go. I mean, this team could go 17 and 0 if they have Chris Jones without that hat and with, with, with Travis Kelsey without the stash. There are two, like, restrictor plates on the Chiefs right now, and they're Chris Jones's hat and Travis Kelsey's mustache. Pretty much. Yeah, everything else is on point. I mean, you know, this is. This is a defense that's going to take this team as far as it can go, Josh. As we've said so many times, as as has been the mantra of the Kansas City Chiefs since the early days of uh, Checks Notes 2023. Uh, You have a teammate on this, by the way. I got this, uh, not a text, but just a tweet, a full-on tweet from my mom, who says, I just have to say, as a mom, fan, and a Chiefs chick, the K-stash has to go. Pretty sure it's bad luck. And it's unattractive. Now, that devastating review, again, coming from my mom on Twitter. Um, I will also note, my conspiracy theory, though, Matt, is that the mustache is having, like, a real cultural moment right now. Because whatever is going on with Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, he's had the mustache since their reported quiet hangout. So he's had it consistently throughout. So if anything is anything good is coming from that, apparently Taylor Swift hasn't vetoed the mustache. Well, has there been a second hangout? Because I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's the reason why. 
That's a great point. It's, it it is mean, a good point. I mean, I know people who who have strong feelings about Travis. Uh huh. Who who have looked at the stash and have said hard pass. I mean, and I have to. I just have to question at that point. You know, do those do those people have what it takes for El Travador? I mean, it, you know, you you can be. There are lots of people who said the similar thing when he went to the buzz cut. You know, when he went from catching Kelsey hair, which is more my speed, to uh, full on, I'm I'm buzzing this thing down. That was also a big style choice for him, and it just it took some time. And see, that's what. And, and I've completely derailed the show here. But see, that's what I, at least I enjoyed about the Saturday Night Live appearance because at least people finally came to the party that I thought that, especially during the, the Catching Kelsey era, that he had a really, really strong, you know, extra Hemsworth brother feel to him. Then. Yes, absolutely. And I, maybe that maybe that is what what happened there because he he certainly at this point. I mean, he his superstardom has has come with his with his super short hair. But I, I think especially you, you get him back in that American Girl sketch, you know, longer hair. The uh, uh, watching from the corner sketch, even longer hair than that. So, so this might be maybe it's time for him to shave the mustache and resume the hair growth. Maybe that's the play. You know, there's a possibility. I mean, you know, the, the gentleman reaches a certain age, they just can't grow the hair anymore. So maybe we don't know what's going to look like if he grows it back out. That's a good. Dylan, Dylan just pointed to himself when you said that, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> So you know, self awareness is important. Like that, my, fra- my, my phrase, "gentleman of a certain age," is a very yes. kind way to put it. That's right. And look, when you when you have the beard that Dylan has, you can you can pretty much do whatever you want with the lettuce oh, up yeah, top. No, I, I think I, I could not. I couldn't even describe his hair to you because you know the rest of it's so solid. Maybe maybe Travis Kelsey just needs to go to like a really full beard. Oh, that's Jason's territory now. That's not going to that's not going to work. He's not going to be the the bearded Kelsey brother. That's not going to happen. So No, he can never out out Jason Kelsey on that one, no. Well, the, so obviously those two negatives pretty much make this a loss for the Chiefs. I mean, yeah, I'm I just don't chalking. know really why we're, <laughs> we're talking about, you know, handling one of the you know, AFC playoff team on the road in their building and handling them fairly comfortably. Yeah, I mean, at least the defense looks fairly comfortable. Let, let, let's really do start there because uh, I I don't it, – it shouldn't be a surprise because of, of the players on this defense and the coaching staff that gets to make the game plan for this defense. Uh, when I thought Charles Menehu was going to play more than 13, 12 or 13 games, and uh, I guess 12 in this case, uh, and when I didn't know that Chris Jones was going to miss a game, I was early, early training camp – Really excited by this idea of hey, I I think the Chiefs are going to have a top ten defense by the end of the year, not not necessarily for the whole year, but like by the end of the season, this is going to be a fearsome unit in its own right. And nine points to the Jags in Jacksonville. I was an optimist on some levels with this defense, and I was floored by that. Yeah, and I mean, I was probably the other way. I mean, I thought that certainly this defense, especially with what they built last year, that that. It had the potential. I mean, I didn't think that their you know goals of saying, "Hey, we want this to be a top ten defense." I didn't think that those goals were outlandish. Mm-hmm. But you know, to me, it was okay. Well, how is this defense going to look at the end of the season more than how it's going to look early? Yep. And especially you know with the questions on the defensive line, and you know, Spags even told us that's a line group that maybe does won't know what he's got until four weeks into the season. And and I was concerned what with what we saw in the preseason and with the injuries that even the, the secondary might be of that category, the quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. Because you really didn't know what you were going to be getting from Legeria Sneed and Jalen Watson and Josh Williams and Nick Jones and on and on down the list. Um, but thus far, I mean, this, this 
this defensive group across the board has, I mean, I think absolutely met and exceeded expectations. Um, what they were able to do today, I, I, I thought was exactly what they needed the game plan to be. You stop Travis Etienne early and force the Jags to become a little bit more one-dimensional and you put it all on the, on the hands of, of Trevor Lawrence and force Trevor to beat you, I think that's the way you go about going after the Jags, and that's exactly what they did. I mean, they took away the run game that allowed them to just really put a lot of pressure on, uh, and they were not having to blitz as much as they did last week mm-hmm. against Jared Goff. Um, they took advantage of that that banged up, you know, offensive line that the Jaguars have. In theory, their offensive line could be better later than it is now, but they took advantage of them, and um, that that was a very strong defensive performance. I don't I don't care whatever I may think about Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars' offense, which is I'm probably one of their more harsh critics. Mm-hmm. But even that said, I mean, going into a building and having a playoff team and holding the nine points is very impressive. And you go back to the Lions, which also you can have whatever conversation you want about what that offense is now, will be, etc. But one of those touchdowns was a pick six. The other one, they they got a fourth down stop, and they look it was fourth and short. But a fake punt deep in the Lions' own territory started a drive. They scored on again. The the Chiefs have had one like fully blood on their own hands defensive touchdown allowed this year. One that was not impacted by another phase of the game, which today included holding strong after the Richie James muff. Yeah, and that was to me a really impressive stand right there, getting that done. And honestly, I mean, Andy Reid had on a good point to me, and I and I and I know his point was about the entire team, but I think it applies to the defense. Um, cutting it out in those conditions today, I mean, that was tough. That, that Jacksonville is not an easy place to play. I mean, the heat index was around 100 degrees. That's not easy at all. And especially there were some periods there in the second half where the Jags, their, their game plan was to try and gas the Chiefs' defense. And they didn't give in. I mean, they, they dug in and they found it. And even though they had some guys banged up, I mean, Nick Bolton gets banged up in the game. Uh, you know, Brian Cook gets banged up, comes back. I mean, you know, that team was probably hurting and, and stretching for the tape a little bit. Um, but they came through and gutted it out. And that's, I mean, honestly, that's what good defenses do. And that, being able to say that about the Chiefs defense, just to say that's what good defenses do and to mean this is a good defense is a really cool and almost effortless place to be. I just think they are a good defense, which is really freeing for what they can do from here. Um, with with that being said on the defensive side, where where do you do the evaluation for the Chiefs offense as a whole? We can. There's a lot of specifics. I want to talk about what you think is going on with, with Juwan Taylor and the um, area of emphasis this week and all of that in a second. But how, how do you evaluate an offense that has not looked comfortable these first two weeks, but did get Travis Kelsey back today and, and still had their share of ups and downs? Yeah, I think the, the most surprising thing to me about it is just that nobody looks real comfortable right now. Yeah. Um, even Patrick Mahomes doesn't look terribly comfortable right now. Uh, and I was talking to someone earlier. I mean, you said this was probably the quietest 300-yard game that Patrick Mahomes has ever had. Stunned to look here right now and see 305. Completely missed that. Yeah, I mean, and now granted, I mean, that 54-yard bomb to Sky Moore as time was running out, I mean, they were just running on the clock and mm-hmm. they get that busted play. Help pad the numbers. But, you know, I, I, today, some of the, the mistakes were certainly, you know, put it back on the receiving core and put it on some of the guys individually. I mean, the turnovers were a problem. Um, one of those turnovers you can absolutely put on Mahomes. I mean, he, he, he has to own that one, but Justin Watson owns one. 
Um, they had some other issues with ball security. Richie James, you know, getting blinded by the sun. Put that a little bit less on him. I mean, other than, you know, depending on when he lost the ball, I'm assuming it was pretty late because yeah. if you get hit by the ball, it's not like you lost it completely. Um, if you lose it in the last split second, there's not a whole lot you can do. But, yeah, I mean, maybe just get out of the way earlier if you can. But, um, you know, I mean, there were still some of those little things that were there. Was that was that the ball was wet, humidity? I, I don't know. Um, it did look like that the guys were still pressing a bit. That You know, they, they clearly got the drops out of their way. They were making sure they made their catches. But then, once again, it seemed like guys were trying to score eight points on every time they got the ball in their hands. Mm-hmm. And you just can't do that. I mean, you've got to be patient. You've got you to wait for your blocks. You've got to, you know, set people up. You can't just, you know, go 100 miles an hour the entire time. And that's kind of what it felt like they were doing. And even Mahomes, you know, I think it felt like he was rushing the ball at times. And I don't think that he's been perfect the first two weeks. I mean, still the best quarterback in the world, so we're really nitpicking here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, there's no doubt. You look at what this team has done to the first two games, and this is not the offensive performance that we expect from this group. So is it just a matter of letting these new receivers settle in? Probably part of it is it at some point maybe saying there's too many mouths to feed and maybe we just need to send the herd a little bit each week rather than having, you know, what, 13 possible receivers be active every week. Maybe mm-hmm. we <laughs> dial it back a little bit and then build, you know, focus on specific packages for specific players. Because right now, maybe maybe some of that desperation from the offensive guys is coming from the fact that you never know when you're going to get fed next and you're trying to do too much. And I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe it all is simply just a matter of chemistry and letting everybody get on the same page. But right now, I, I just feel like I'm seeing a lot of guys who's, who are trying to make plays because they know that they only may be getting two or three touches a game. I think that's really interesting and only only compounded when you also have to worry about feeding Donovan Smith. I mean, great hands, just not not great movement after the catch for him, uh, perhaps on account of him knowing what happened was illegal. But the box score says one target, one reception, zero yards for Donovan Smith. So I think he's got to carry that. No drops. No so, drops. See? Exactly. I mean, that, that, there's, there's some guys, guys in the receiver room can't say that. No, and I, I think I think you got to feed you got to feed Donovan from here on out. Uh, with with the pass catchers and, and with all of that in mind, Sky Moore's stat line you you don't want his stat line to be three for seventy and a touchdown. It's a good stat line, but I, it's not the vision the Chiefs have for him, right? If that's MVS's stat line every week, you'd be thrilled beyond words. Weirdly, they got him involved in some intermediate stuff early on, and and Rasheed Rice, you saw a couple of targets for him later in the game. A ton of feeding Canarias Tony right out of the gate. He led the team in receptions with five, but not a bunch of explosives there. What what do you make of, of where the workload did land? Again, I, I think this idea of finding your rotation, maybe too many mouths to feed, is a, a fascinating solution or thing for the Chiefs to have to solve. But when you get some good and some bad from Sky Moore, Justin Watson, Canarius Tony, Rasheed Rice, and pretty much everybody except for for Justin Ross. I don't I don't know if I have any clarity on what the solution is, even as you just laid out what the solution needs to be. If that differentiation is fair, yeah, and you know, it's it's it is interesting because I don't I don't even know what the solution is. I mean, you're right. You know, I I thought that like a, a guy like Sky Moore. I mean, his performance today was good. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, that's what, I mean, if he did this every single week, he'd be at a, 
1,100-yard receiver, yeah. what, 54, 51 catches? I mean, that's a little low. I mean, I thought that he would be a little bit more of a possession guy at this point. You know, somebody who his stat line might be more, yes, six catches for 60 yards exactly. rather than three for 70. Um, but, you know what, I think a lot of the balls that I think would normally go to Sky Moore are going to Kadarius Tony. I mean, you know, it, I, even though I don't think they're quite the same players, I mean, I think I think some of the short stuff in space that might be Sky Moore type routes are going to Tony. Um, but and then you look at it and you're like, okay, well, 29 to 41 from Mahomes. Where did the ball go? Well, it went to everybody. Right. Now, now you had nine nine targets for Travis Kelsey. That was clearly, I mean, back to normal. I mean, the ball was going to Kelsey. If if Mahomes could in any way justify the ball going to Travis, the ball was going there. But Travis was not having a Travis-like day, so you didn't get the production that you would normally get from Travis. Maybe we're feeling completely different from this if, you know, instead of four catches on nine targets for 26 yards, that Kelsey had seven catches on nine targets for 78, and we're, we're feeling completely different. But that's just, you know, if, if Kelsey isn't going to be himself, and, you know, right now, I mean, he, there's no doubt he's playing hurt. He won't tell you that. Yeah. But he's clearly playing hurt. If that's the case, then you need to get some other guys going. And I don't know. I mean, if a guy like Sky Moore, I think you need to feed him and to get him going. And, you know, four targets, I'm not sure is enough. Yeah. It's just interesting. I don't mean to to take a 370 and a touchdown day for Sky Moore and turn it into a negative, because especially after the week he had last week, I think that's unfair and unnecessary. But, but that in particular, just – we we can I, we can ID the problem some, but I don't know what my ideal Chiefs wide receiver workload pie chart would look like yet. And I'm and and I'm guessing the Chiefs don't either, which is also I guess fair because it it is still some some shuffling, but it's really interesting. Uh, okay, let's talk about the O line real quick, Matt. Um, the penalties on Juwan Taylor. How much of this is? The NFL doing the thing that it always does when there's a point of emphasis, which is really overcalling it for a week or two and then it re- recalibrating. How much of it is a real change he's going to have to make to his game? And what did you make of the day for, for Juwan Taylor today, including the couple of snaps he was pulled for? Yeah, I thought that it was – you definitely can overreact. And I think that, that the NFL is clearly overreacting, and especially probably to Juwan Taylor specifically. Uh, if they call, if they call the John Taylor this type going forward, I mean, that kid's in a lot of trouble because I think he got flagged for some stuff that he didn't do. Hmm. Um, you know, and maybe they miscalled it. I mean, I, I was looking at the false start early in the second quarter. And if the official can tell me that he saw that as a clear false start, I'm going to tell him that he is lying because <laughs> It was. I had to. I had to slow mo the slow mo before I could really see whether or not it was a false start. And I still think it's probably more than likely that he twitched at the exact same moment that Creed Humphrey body twitched. Hmm. I mean, he knows the snap count. He goes at the exact same time that Creed Humphrey is. The problem is, is that sometimes Creed bodies bodies body moves before the ball does. But the moment Creed moves is when the snap really starts and. On that play in particular, I mean, it was bang, bang about, you know, where Taylor was. But if the officials are going to call it that closely, and if they're going to go ahead and flag him anyway, if it's, if he's technically lined up in the backfield, maybe they'll call it a false start, even though it maybe they're thinking it was a, you know, a collective penalty. But I also feel like Juwan maybe was a little bit victim of 
wait, wait a minute. We are supposed to watch this guy. Yeah. Doug Peterson wants us to watch this guy. The NFL wants us to watch this guy. So we're just going to watch him the entire play. I mean, yeah. our eyes are already are starting to be fixated on him, so we're just going to keep him fixed. <laughs> so I think that might have been part of it. Was just that he was a marked man today. It should not be that hard going forward. Um, but and it certainly seemed like maybe he just needed that. You know, it, this was an emotional game for Juwan. There's no doubt about it. You know, not only was this where he played the last four years, but he played quite a few college games there. He had a ton of friends and family in for that game. He was a captain today. I mean, it was emotional for him, and so he maybe he needed that. I mean, Andy reason Andy Hex clearly seemed to think that maybe he just needed to come over to the sideline, get a deep breath, get his, get himself in check because I thought he played better after that. I I think, and we talked about this some earlier, but I think that idea. I said this last week that uh, it's hard to to watch. 22 players on a field at every moment when you're a, a handful of older gentlemen or men of a certain age, as you may say, uh, who are on the field at field level with your naked eye in real time trying to keep up with all of that. But if, if the, the talk all week has been, watch Juwan Taylor, watch Juwan Taylor, then I imagine the there there is a set of eyes on him every single snap this week in a way that's, like again, frankly unreasonable and wasn't happening to Lane Johnson on Thursday night and won't be happening to maybe any other tackles in, in the sport, even this week when they've said they were emphasizing it for, for all 32 teams. Yeah, that's. I, I think that's only been the surprising thing is that that's what they say they're going to emphasize it. And I, I haven't, and I don't know how all the games out today have played out, but I certainly with Lane Johnson the other night, we didn't see any you know changes as far as how he's you know officiated. Mm-hmm. And I haven't heard of anything else today. So maybe it was just a crackdown on Jawan Taylor. And if that's the case, hey, I mean, he can make the adjustment. I mean, you know, lining, getting yourself to line up differently is a little bit of a learning curve because, and sometimes that can be just something that happens over time. You know, you just every once in a while, you just you know move out a little bit more, and then suddenly you're you're lined up much deeper than maybe you used to be. And yeah, I know he lined up this way last year, so it's probably been a process for him. I mean, I don't think it's going to affect his game that much. Just once he gets it kind of out of his head, that's where I think it is right now. And having all these eyes on him, maybe this week will be the week that the NFL is just like, okay, see, we, we threw down our muscle, and you know, we, we know he's he's correcting it, so let's back off. I mean, we'll see next week against the Bears, but um, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a long-term issue going forward. It shouldn't be. Uh, we usually, we, you know, we do some previewing with you on Fridays in the Zone because you're spending the hour with us at 11, and that's great. But you did mention that the Bears are up next, and I just wanted to ask you if you saw the story about the uh, the Fat Bear Week camera watchers who rescued the life of a distressed hiker as they were attempting to watch the Alaskan Bears that we love so dearly. I did hear about that. Um, yeah, that was pretty crazy, wasn't it? It was nuts. The headline on the NPR story was, they logged on to watch the famous fat brown bears. They saved a hiker's life instead. Uh, I'll give it, here's the, the real key here. Around 3.30 p.m. local time on September 5th, a man in a green rain jacket, wet and disheveled, appeared, same, appeared on screen and looked straight into the lens, clearly mouthing the words, help me. He returned a few minutes later, giving a thumbs down signal. And then one of the viewers posted in the chat, in the stream, that there was someone distressed on camera. A chat moderator saw it, got to a park ranger, and uh, they got a search and rescue team out there, found the man three hours later around that camera, and uh, boom, Fat Bear Week saves a life. See, I mean, it's that's 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 what the fat bears do for you, man. It I mean, is. Do do you feel? And, and Matt, I'm going to ask for complete and perfect honesty. Okay, I'm going to ask for complete and perfect honesty, and then we'll let you go. 
Are you a little jealous that this wasn't on a camera you were watching? Do you feel like this should have been you? Uh, that I, I saved the guy or yeah, that, that you, I was the guy? No, that, no, no, <laughs> that you that you should have been the one to spot a distressed hiker on camera and alert the authorities to, to save his life. No, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to let it for more for the hardcores because, you know, I I I mean, as much as I have become known for promoting the the Fat Bear cams and, you know, and all that and Fat Bear Week coming up, you know, next month, uh as much as I'm known for for promoting our national parks and trying <laughs> to help the bears and all of that, there are some hardcore, how shall we put this delicately, lunatics out there <laughs> who really really care about the cams and the bears and and the whole thing. And I they deserve all that glory. They deserve that. I'm I'm just a watcher. They are they're the ones that make the engine go. I think that's fair. An observer of the Fat Bears of next week, an observer of the Chicago Bears. Uh, Matt, what's the plan for Chiefs Digest today? Uh, talking Chris Jones, talking Travis Kelsey, and uh, that's what else is there to talk about? I don't know. You'll get the ball rolling somehow. I'm sure you'll find something else. ChiefsDigest.com for Matt's work. Follow him across socials at Matt Derek. Matt, thank you very much. Look forward to chatting with you again on Friday when we can do a little more Bear Talk. Sounds great, Josh. Take care, my, my friend. Just make sure you're aligned on sides. No early movements. Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. Again, we'll, he's, like, he's across A-10 all the time. He's he's more or less always on an airwave around here somewhere. But follow him across socials. Check out his great work at ChiefsDigest.com. All right, it's time to wrap things up because I want to send you over to some NFC action in a game that's been a barn burner, although right now the Niners are getting a, a little bit of a leg up. Uh, but the uh, Niners and Rams will be next here on Sports Radio 8. WHB. The Niners up by 10 right now in the early fourth quarter. Here's what I want to leave you with today. Maybe a couple things here quickly. One, once again, the Kansas City Chiefs did a thing today that I thought would happen eventually. But I didn't think it would happen this soon, and I didn't think it would happen against an offense this good. The Kansas City Chiefs defense won them this football game today. In part because, at least with how the math ultimately worked out, the offense was a touchdown better than they needed to be. And in fact, by getting to the goal line at the end of the game, if they needed to score there, and the Jags may have defended differently, but if they needed to score at the end of the game, they were in a position to do so. We saw the return of Travis Kelsey. Yes, certainly hurt. Yes, certainly aggravated. But on the field, looking a lot like himself, if not perfectly like himself. We saw a running game that didn't do anything in the first half, got some juice in the second with Isaiah Pacheco. And as I said earlier, I'd rather have it this way than have the inverse. Because a version of the Kansas City Chiefs with a high-flying, gunslinging, shootout offense and a defense that's a wet paper bag, we've seen that before. We saw that in 2018. It's a hard way to win. A defense that can stand up against one of your conference's best and an offense captained by Patrick Mahomes. I trust Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Travis Kelsey to get through some growing pains on the offensive side with or without Travis Kelsey's mustache. We'll talk about it a lot more the remainder of the week. We'll be back with you at the Zone 10 o'clock tomorrow. In the meantime, enjoy Niners-Rams. And I look forward to being here to talk about the Bears, fat and football, next week. Until then, bye, Mom.